Hey guys, welcome to another episode, or special episode, of A Slice of Life. My, 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 what a century the last week has been for the United States, of course, and for the whole world, to be very honest with you, um, in terms of the last month. I mean, as many of you all know, I mean, unless you're really living under a rock, the United States, or at least the majority of the United States, is under self-quarantine due to the coronavirus outbreak. And, wow, other countries around the world are in the midst of recovering or finding a cure and isolating it and controlling it. The United States is 9 to 10 days behind and still slow and still selfish and narcissistic and prideful to react to things and to try and protect its people. And it's freaking sad. I, I, can't, I can't emphasize how frustrating and annoying it is to see that orange turd in office just open so many doors of hate and narcissism. It's disgusting. Completely disgusting. And that's why I wanted to talk about it, to try and vent out my frustrations, what I'm annoyed at, um, maybe what I've been experiencing or what I've experienced the past week since this outbreak or since this uh, self-quarantine incident everything else. And I wanted people on Instagram to submit what they are also dealing with. Because like I said, I, this, I'm not the only one who's suffering and, and annoyed and frustrated by all this news and, and how our government has been reacting to it and how some fellow Americans have been reacting to it as well. It's, it's sad. It's sad and it's, I don't know. It, you, I can't even explain how upset I am. I don't show it, but I'm completely annoyed. If you know me or if you talk to me about this topic, it's it's scary and it's sad, it's frustrating, it's everything that's negative. And I wish and I know I know for a fact my mom is is sick of me hearing hearing me compare to other countries. I just wish that we were well prepared and well responsive to these things where it's so sad that it took all this time for us to get basic human rights for shit like this or for the fucking MTA to fucking get cleaned. It really took a virus to get the fucking subways cleaned when you have millions of tourists coming into New York City, when pe your own people, when New York City is a city filled with people bustling in and out for work and people who live there. It took a fucking virus ridiculous fucking ridiculous it's so sad I, I i really it's baffling how slow and unprepared the government is the crazy part is south korea and the united states had their first case the same day or declared their first case the same day that's what i've read and see how far our country and south korea has come where south korea reacted quickly and strategized on how to protect their citizens, um, you know, doing drive-throughs and, and doing tests, 10,000 10, 10, tests a day with a swab, 
when the United States now doesn't have a set protocol on how on what to do with testing and people are out here making phone calls to their insurance agencies and hospitals while still being on hold it's going to take them a fucking day to get to someone right and there's so many twitter threads about it on how people who have tested positive on covid-19 have gone through such a long process to get to someone and it's sad it's super sad how these government leaders or this orange turd is completely greedy, completely narcissistic and selfish. He would rather benefit off the citizens and make a profit out of us, all the Americans, than would rather shut down and strategize to figure out a way to control the spread and find a cure. I... How prideful and stubborn could you be that he would do anything just to make sure The numbers are down in who's testing positive. So he has a good reputation. Either way, everyone knows you're a bag of shit. (sighs) Completely frustrating. I, I know I've been saying frustrating way too many times, but there's no other word to describe how this is rolling out in the United States. So completely, Donald Trump, you could go fuck off. In addition to this, people who are not taking this seriously, who are not following that the coronavirus is not something to be worried about they're the ones who are showing the ugliest sides of themselves too and it's fucked up i just was sent a video from my dear co-worker aaron of college kids who are on spring break in florida and they were complaining and were asking for refunds because places were shut down bars were shut down and they said if they get it they'll get it i mean it shows the difference between the upbringing in the Western culture and the Asian culture. I myself have been exposed to both, where the Western culture is very independent to how kids were raised, where there there is much more freedom to have independent thinking, while the Asian cultures were very family-oriented and dependent. So what these kids are thinking about and what the... The others are thinking about where, you know, people are carelessly going out and about breaking quarantine and not giving two shits about what's going on. They're not thinking about how their actions can consequence others, where if they go out and unknowingly bump into someone who may be positive of COVID-19, how they could literally pass it on to someone or they may be asymptomatic and pass it on to someone who someone who's older they're not thinking and and that's that's what's frustrating me you know i i myself i tell i tell my my aunts my uncles my mom my uncle uh, everyone who's older than me is like why do you have to go to work if you know there's a pandemic going on and it worries the fuck out of me i really don't know how we are living in this world where people are just not thinking of others and just selfish i know it might sound like (laughs) i've been living under a rock myself for thinking this way it's just i guess my way of thinking is that i just i i'm actually i'm worried i'm genuinely worried about our generation and and our families and our youth because we are the future (laughs) we are the future 
We want to live. We want to try and live our lives to the fullest. We have lives to live. Okay. So yeah, I mean, that's. I really don't know what else to say. And in a, on top of that, and being an Asian, after after that dickwad in the office called the virus the Chinese virus. I can only imagine the amount of hate the Chinese community or the Asian community, the Asian American community will or is facing at the moment. I myself, I tweeted it a couple of nights ago that when he first said that, I was genuinely scared to be an Asian American living in this country at this very moment. So earlier today, when I went for a grocery run with my mother, I swear to God, I I wore latex gloves and and I wore I wore a mask, and so did so did my mother. And I, I shit you not, I was scared to to do some grocery shopping in in New Jersey. But thankfully, n- nothing nothing like that happened. I mean, I just hope and pray that things will get better, and I'm pretty sure they will. It's just a matter of time that. The government and and the the people voice their opinions louder, and the government to move faster. I and for everyone to be prepared on what's to come. I honestly hope for everyone's safety and for everyone's health to be restored, whether it's mentally, physically, emotionally, at this time. Because I can only imagine the different situations everyone is facing at the moment with this. I mean, we all could get through this together. Minus Vanessa Hudgens, because that was disappointing, completely disappointing. Um, So yes, with that said, some people actually shared their thoughts and comments with me of whatever they are facing in this time of self-quarantine, what their frustrations are and what they're annoyed with. So I would like to start with a message I got from my dear friend, Kim, who is a nurse. Right, Kim? I think you're a nurse, right? She specifically told me, can you tell people to stop wearing gloves in public but still touch their phones and backs? Okay, I'll say this now. People, stop wearing gloves if you're going to touch your phones and bags. And also, don't don't freaking scratch your face if you're wearing glove. That defeats the whole purpose, my guy. Don't just don't just don't do that stuff because the germs are all over the place. It defeats the purpose of a glove, like I said. And uh yes, just please don't do it. I got a message from Emily Marie Base, I hope you're doing well. She said, I'm a mental health therapist and there are currently no guidelines. Telehealth services for my profession. So I really hope this is a cue to get home ASAP, especially since a quarantine could really make mental health even worse for some people. It's sad how we can't get proper protocol. Like I said earlier, it's, it's completely baffling, especially, you know, it's, it's one thing to fix physical health or find a cure or find a solution, whether temporary, temporary or long-term solutions for physical health. But for mental health, it's crazy how we can't even find solutions or find ways to cope. But I do hope there's something along the ways and I hope the government somehow figures a way. And I'm sorry, Emily, that I can't, 
I don't know what to respond to this because I myself don't work in this profession, but I, I sure hope someone out there, whoever's listening to this, can maybe help Emily too. Emily Marie Bates is her at on Instagram. Thank you for sending that. Um, I actually got a message from Irreverence, who is soft top on Instagram. She said, okay, so first off, love me some staying at home and minding my own business. That part of the self-quarantine situation is a plus. I completely agree. I am a homebody. This is the life I'd like to lead, and it's perfect. Uh, she also says, however, I am a little on the stress side per the closing of dine-in services statewide. I am, and all services, bar- services, servers, bartenders in the state of Ohio are now indefinitely unemployed. Big yikes, trademark. As other states inevitably, or hopefully, follow suit, we will see a large number of people suddenly faced with housing and resource insecurity, especially as more facets of the workforce are unable to do their job safely and will be laid off if they can't work from home. Obviously, there is applying for unemployment, but more will have to be done to keep people's access to housing and resources secure. For example, I would love to see a rent eviction utilities freeze. While I am enjoying the time to be in my home, I get to study at my own pace, take time for rest when I need it, etc. I can't help but have a little, um, so what the fuck are we going to do? Going on in the back of my mind at all times. Don't really know what to do with that energy yet, but... I feel like as people, we are going to see an increase in virtual organizing and calls to virtual action. I feel like I could say so much more, but I don't want to overwhelm me with a rant. Anyhow, I hope you're doing well and I'm looking forward to new episodes, but also want to tell you to make sure to rest and not feel pressured by quote unquote productivity while in physical isolations. Best irreverence. Aw, thanks irreverence. You're so sweet. You're you you you're always so sweet to me in comments and messages, and I always appreciate you. So thank you for sending that in. I could only imagine how it feels to be working in the the restaurant industry or an industry where it goes by by tips or or hourly writ wages, where insurance is obviously so questionable and there's no secure answer to it. That's that's the biggest problem that we're all facing here. And, you know, there's people being laid off and, and completely unemployed, but or at a freeze where they still can't file for unemployment, which is completely, one, selfish of the company, and two, sad for people who have bills and utilities to, play, like, to pay, like you said. So if, if there were people out there with a heart or landlords out there with a heart to potentially freeze these payments, that would be a complete miracle and that would actually help a lot. I, I could be wrong, but there's, I believe, something being in place where every individual or person will be getting 1000 one Well, Bernie Sanders is pushing for two. Um, I, cu- I could be wrong, but that's, that's what I've read. And I just hope, you know, I know it's a little, but I hope it comes, I come, I hope it comes to life. So that helps people like you and and everyone who's struggling during these times. I mean, everyone really, because we could only do so much as people. And with that said, I I do want to give a shout out to the frontliners 
who are out there and, and trying to make it happen and, and making it work with all the resources we have. So whether it is someone who works in the medical field, someone in public service doing the mail, uh, working in grocery stores and um, bus drivers and so much more. Everyone who's working in those public service industries uh, is for the government who's actually risking their lives. Really a, a wholehearted thank you and, and shout out to those people who are really risking their lives, especially the nurses who are treating coronavirus patients in their hospitals and uh, risking it all. So uh, a big thank you. Thank you, Reverence, for that, for that message. And you too, don't feel pressured by the productivity while in physical isolation. I hope you're having a great quarantine. Um, and for everyone who actually emailed me and, and sent me text messages, I do have a couple of audio clips from Angelica Wilson, I believe, who, who left something that we should listen to. Hi. So the thing I don't understand is that there's this whole thing of avoid large crowds, but everyone's going to the store. So then we have massive crowds at the grocery store. Another thing, people are wearing gloves everywhere, but they're still touching their face. That does nothing. Another thing on top of the whole toilet paper like raid is also the amount of water bottles people are collecting. I don't understand why everyone's grabbing every water bottle that they see and hoarding water bottles when the water out of the sink is fine and even then you can just get like one Brita pitcher and have filtered water that way without buying all these bottles that are then going to turn into waste unless people do recycle them properly. So then it's like there's a whole lot of waste coming out of this and everyone's in crowds and I just don't understand it. Yep. Okay, so I completely agree with you in terms of the gloves thing. I <laughs> I mentioned that earlier, how people are still touching their freaking faces while wearing these medical latex gloves. And yes, I don't I don't get the hype over toilet paper. Like why? Why are people hoarding toilet paper? And and why? Just why? Why is everyone Hoarding toilet paper and paper towels. Like, I get it. You wipe your ass with it. But why Why are people... Why? I'm still... I'm sorry. I just don't understand. I don't get it. If you were smart enough, if you wanted to save some money, people should just install bidets. It's like 25 bucks on Amazon. Or you could go to Home Depot or Lowe's. You just have someone install it on your toilet. Or you could just self-install it yourself. You will save so much money and paper. Like I could even recommend you a bidet because I'm using one. So I don't understand why people are using toilet paper. I really don't. And it just weaves into what you said about water bottles. I mean, I myself, I have a water dispenser. And the only reason why I bought water bottles is because there were no gallons of water available. But what you said is totally valid. Where people could actually go buy or order a water filter uh, for their sinks, such as a Brita filter, and save so much money and drink that water. Even though sometimes the water doesn't taste as crisp and clean. I mean, it's still water at the end of the day and it's filtered and clean. So thank you, Angelica, for your message. And 
extending the conversation on this frustration of toilet paper because I really don't understand if someone could just nicely email me or message me or DM me on why people are doing this, uh, that would be very helpful. Uh, the next message I have is from Troy, my dear friend Troy. Uh, what's up, Troy? Hey, hey. <clears throat> so I guess one, the major thing that I'm really frustrated with in all this quarantining is I guess kind of how lighthearted a lot of people are are taking it and how a lot of people aren't really taking it seriously and being, you know, honestly quite selfish about it. Um, you know, we've seen those posts that it's calling it, you know, boomer remover or just like, you know, making light of the fact that, you know, thousands of old people could die. Um, and I, you know, it should be to go without saying that that's not okay. Um, but unfortunately, we we do have to talk about it. Um, and, you know, a lot of people talk about when people who say boomer remover, the type of people they're talking about who, you know, treat millennials poorly, who, you know, have, have these kind of ideologies that we don't like, they, they are the ones who are more likely to be fine. They are the ones who have, um, you know, higher, higher pay. They are safer. They are, they have more resources available to them, um, Whereas, you know, the older people who are truly going to suffer from this are m more than likely to be um, of lower income, of having a lot of pre-existing conditions, of, you know, so many different things that could get in the way. A very, like, a very diverse group of people who um, are going to lose their lives from this. And so while we make light of the fact that it's... Um, well, we make light of the fact that it is, you know, a joke that they're going away. Um, we really do need to take it seriously. We need to take quarantining very seriously. And it affects more than just the older population. It's anyone with, um, you know, pre-existing conditions. It's anyone for going to any hospital. If you are not quarantining and you are spreading this illness to everyone and just kind of going around that's causing the hospitals to overflow if the hospitals overflow then you know people can't be seen for a variety of um reasons that you know go past the coronavirus it could be pregnancy it could be you know getting into a car accident um all of these things really go into effect so it's really important that we do quarantine and you know not be selfish because it does affect everyone flatten the curve Really, flatten the curb. Stay inside. Stay inside. I swear to God, there's so many things you could find and do when you stay inside. And, and, and Troy, you're completely correct. You're completely correct. I agree with you as well. Uh, while people are calling it the boomer mover and stuff, it's so ironic how... This is a tweet I actually saw where, where the older generation think we have it easy while... Our generation has been through 9-11, the Iraq war, now this, and so many mass shootings and so many violence, so much violence across the nation now, and that's affecting our economy. So it's just ironic. And thank you, Troy, for that, because uh, people really shouldn't, shouldn't be taking this lightly because it does affect everyone who is surrounding us. The next submission is from my dear friend and fellow journalism colleague, Christine Villanueva, who's based in Washington, D.C. right now and doing 
an extravagant and tremendous amount of work on coverage on people and politics and, and what's going on in this current day and age. She actually brought up the fact on coverage on health workers. And it was very interesting to listen that we should, that you should listen to yourself. I think I wanted to talk a little bit about how frustrated I've been in terms of trying to coordinate coverage around coronavirus. Mainly because it's like, I've been reading a lot of comments online about how the media had been overhyping it or that all we do is spread panic. And I think that in a lot of ways, the media uh, could be critiqued uh, for sure, especially in mainstream media. Uh, it could do better to communicate um, like information needs that are actually like necessary for people or like what I like to call news you can use. But I think overall, I am like really sad to see that a lot of healthcare journalists who are putting their lives on the line uh, by, you know, covering the virus and like the people who are not able to gain access to things that should be human right, like healthcare or treatment or um, testing, I think is like really disheartening for me as a journalist. I really... I feel really bummed about that because it's like no matter how many facts you put out there, people will always kind of downplay the importance of things. Um, and so it was it's basically just like reporting facts that don't really matter as much. And that's basically what our entire jobs are based on or the foundation of journalism generally. And so now it's just really hard and a little bit disheartening to see how people have been reacting but I think that we're kind of on the up and up and so people are finally taking the proper precautions to help flatten the curve and a lot of municipalities and you know doctors and and um, other medical professionals are finally being heard but um, I think that I share in the same frustration as a lot of my friends in the medical field and other and other people who are really helping to combat this virus uh, but yeah, that's one of the things that really <laughs> annoys me right now um, from a non-journalism level. I think one of the things that really scares me right now is not being able to see my family or not knowing when I'd see my family, um, especially my three nephews who are like all under the age of 10. My parents are in their, my dad's in his 70s, my mom is in her 60s. Um, and so it's a little bit scary just to be away from them right now and not really know what the future holds. And so um, I think we're all just like kind of trying our best to stay sane at this time. And my heart really goes out to people who are involved in either covering this or like helping to combat it. Um, yeah. So those are the things that like annoy me and being stuck in this house and not being able to do anything. Christina also opens up about how she experienced racism firsthand near work, uh, near a workplace, and how this whole coronavirus outbreak really shows the ugliest sides of people. So I also wanted to talk a little bit about some of the experiences, or one of the experiences I had with like anti-Asian hysteria around coronavirus just really pissed me off. There was this one day um, I was walking back from my break and a guy actually followed me into our building and uh, I was talking to our downstairs concierge, Ms. Daphne, who I love so much. 
And he went up to me and Miss Daphne and he said, why are you talking to her? She's a dirty bitch. And I just looked at him and I said nothing, kind of figuring that that's kind of what he meant, but I wasn't sure. And she just looked at him like she couldn't process what was going on. And then he was just like, she's a dirty bitch. She's a dirty bitch. And he's like yelling at at me in the middle of our lobby. And... I was like, why? Because I have Wuhan virus. He was like, yeah, you're a dirty bitch with the flu. And that was a really scary thing for me, um, especially because uh, the following week I was traveling for work. And then uh, when I came back, he was outside of our building. And I guess he recognized me or knew who I was. And he was like, where have you been? Where have you been? Turn around, turn around. And I just ignored him. But it's been really scary, um, I guess, just kind of experiencing that and I am also really saddened to see the downplaying of all of the racism that is potentially happening um not even potentially happening that is happening surrounding uh coronavirus and so yeah I mean a lot of this stuff really hits home for me as a journalist as you know a daughter an aunt a cousin an Asian woman (laughs) yeah it's, it, it's rough out in these streets. <laughs> Thank you so much for telling your story, Christine. Um, I really hope things are well, and I'm so sorry that you have to go through that. It's so sad and insulting how xenophobia is really on the rise in this country because of this, and how insulting it was for this thing in the, the White House to call it the Chinese virus. When the coronavirus has no race, has no gender, no nothing, it's a virus that anyone can get, that it is contagious and could be passed on from anyone to anyone. Um, With that said, I was very hesitant to talk about this publicly, but I myself facing racism. And it just so happens it happened in Jersey City, in downtown Jersey City. And I was called out on by another person of color. That's... I think that's the most shocking part. I mean, it, it might be something different when it was f- if it's from a white person, but from someone who is a- another person of color, it hit, it does hit different, and it's it's sad. So, uh, I, I to be very honest with you, when that happened to me, I I it took a couple of hours for for me to process it, and I didn't know what to do. Um, however. Uh, I, I was blessed to have uh, my editorial assistant with me and, and my, my, my colleague, a fellow journalism colleague who witnessed it and, and uh, helped me by uh, filing claims on their own um, about the situation because I, I really couldn't uh, make any moves because I was, I was just still processing everything. Um, however, I did file a claim the next day um, to go in detail of it for people who are curious. Like I said, I was very hesitant to tell the story, but I feel like I need to talk about it because there are many other Asian Americans and Asian people who are suffering from xenophobia and racism at this very moment in this place and time in our nation. So um, what happened was I went to the courtyard by Mary Andrew City in Newport last Thursday uh, with my assistant to do a meeting and I was pulled aside by the I was pulled aside to some by someone who was posing as the general manager and then was told to leave the hotel for reasons that obviously were 
pretty clearly racially motivated. So this woman who was working the the hotel bar and the and the lobby front desk overheard our conversation about the news and the current coronavirus situation about how everyone was self-quarantined and and working from home and we were just sitting in the lobby waiting for our interview and she walked up and pulled me aside asking why we were were we talking about quarantining and she assumed that I was staying in the hotel lobby to quarantine, which obviously didn't completely make sense to me. And I respectfully clarified with her that I was not staying at the hotel and was only there to attend uh, the meeting and do an interview as per my assignment. And uh, despite my reasonable explanation, she continued to say that I was being pulled aside because of my mention of the word quarantine, where my assistant, who is also Filipino-American, and my colleague, who is white, um, were also saying this, saying it in conversation. But she then proceeded, this is the, the crazy part, is that she then proceeded to say that she would have to report, quote-unquote, report the situation to the CDC and then ask me what uh, a room number, the uh, room I was in. And I was more than willing to let her know that it was a conference room number. It was then there she denied that uh, that that no room existed. And I specifically told her I was there for business purposes and was there for a meeting. And when I realized where this was going, I finally told her that I was not sick and was on assignment for work. Um, then stating and claiming that she was the general manager of the hotel, she asked me to leave the premises. And, you know, I, I respect I respect did so. Um, so my, my colleague and I left while my um, journalism colleague, who's white, was not. She, she, she stayed. It doesn't end there because my colleague who stayed, she was approached by the said general manager and was questioned to confirm who I was and what was my relationship to her. And then the general manager said, it, when she hears that word quarantine, she needs to take the necessary steps. So my colleague tried to clarify and reason with her saying that I was not sick and uh, that we were just there, just asked to stay out of the office by our companies for cautionary purposes. Uh, the, the woman would not listen, even when my colleague calmly tried to point out how bad this looks um, to her to assume that me, uh, that an Asian American has a virus and no evidence that was the case and told me to leave. So that, that only gave further proof that this was uh, racially motivated. Um, I mean, I'll leave it out there. To be very honest, I filed my case. I sent out uh, uh, an email or uh, called up the Marriott and they told me five business days to wait Um Today is my fifth business day, um, so we'll see what happens. That said, I mean, everyone, please be safe out there. It doesn't matter what race, doesn't matter who you are, just please be safe. Be cautious of your actions. Um, please take care of one another. Check on each other. I know that we may be limited to what we can do indoors, but trust me, just a text message to someone or or um, I don't know, a phone call or FaceTime any way you could commute with your loved ones and friends could go a long way. Um, 
this this whole incident it may take a toll on us, but I'm pretty sure that together we can all fight through this and go through this together. Um, so again, thank you so much to everyone who submitted audio clips and everyone who sent in messages about what their uh, thoughts were. I completely am grateful for them. And for everyone who's listened to me, I I deeply apologize for all the cursing, um, but this is me. <laughs> this is real. Uh, and uh, I, I don't know. I don't know what else to say, but, but really, thank you. And I just really hope that things do calm down and everyone is safe at the end of the day and are, you know, just... Hopefully soon we could get back to normal or whatever our definition of normal is. So until next time, thank you so much for listening and uh, keep in touch. Stay safe. Wash your hands uh, for 20 to 25 seconds. Those five seconds will be uh, ad libs of singing. And yeah, let's connect. Slide into my DMs if there's anything else that you'd like to talk about. Thank you so much and Godspeed. Oh, fuck. Yeah, you could... Her number one fan, second to Cora the Creator, obviously. Still beat up Karen May. I'll fight her for that vision. Okay, bye. <laughs> Actually, Kat, do you have any insight on what's going on right now? I mean, I think I like to. I think I have a good grasp of what's going on. I listen to the news every morning. As much as I hate to watch our dumbass president, I still watch his live streams just because I want to know what's going on. Um, am I a medical professional? Hell no. Do I feel like I'm more informed than most people? Yes. The more you know. It's Mike's yeah, super short show. Huh? It's Mike's super short show. Mike's super short show? Well, there you have it. That's Kat's input, guys. Oh, God.